welcome to How to Win the Lottery Season 7 Graphic Content. Episode 1, Coyote Dog Girl by Lisa Hannawalt. I'm Joey Lewandowski. Uh, Shreds here. Um, speaking of graphic content, Ooh. I have a bone to pick with you. Uh-oh. You recommended uh, a television show to me that I've been watching. Is oh. it the television show Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Limited series on Netflix. Yeah. Not as funny as you'd led me to believe. <laughs> I did describe it as a laugh you, ride. You said, I no, you said, I quote, like Happy Madison on steroids. <laughs> like think of Sandler's best stuff combined with like mid-period Mike Myers. That's how you described it to me. Listener, go watch Unbelievable on Netflix. Don't look up what it's about. Determine for yourself if 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 Joey was correct in his assessment, because I think it's a bummer. Good show, though. So far, it's a good show. So this is our official kickoff to the graphic content module. Last week, we talked with Heather Antos about Understanding Comics, the Scott McCloud book. This is our first standalone, regular, quote-unquote, regularly scheduled episode. Lisa Hanewald. So what is her connection to BoJack? You told me a while ago, and I don't remember. The TV, also on Netflix, BoJack uh, Horseman. I'm not 100%. I think think she designed the series, right? You can, it's definitely her art. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, you know, BoJack has a lot of the same qualities as Coyote Dog Girl in that you have anthropomorphized animals, um, heavy content Mm -hmm. mixed with absurdist humor and uh, watercolors in which you can like really visibly see the brush strokes. There is some, I mean, I I know that we talked about with Heather and the book, but about like ways that, because I'm, I'm putting it out now. I think I probably said it last week. I am a little, not worried, but I don't know if I'm going to have the vocabulary to talk about this because this is a whole brand new thing for us. I, I mean, likewise, I'm, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. But I think one thing this does really, really well is they like as as she is as Coyote Dog Girl is like on her horse, red walking across you know the West, mm-hmm. and like panel after panel, like it like looks the same, but like her like the pink that she's painted with becomes like purple becomes blue like as it's becoming night like it's so effective like it doesn't say like we don't see like the sun become a moon yeah it's just you just pick it up visually and i think that's like it just it's like this is a beautiful it's a beautiful, beautiful book. book yeah and and it's like uh the the style is so uniquely lisa hannah so you would recognize it immediately upon upon sight there's no and it, it's one of those things like when you hear um someone uh that's not prince like doing a prince impression you're just like you're doing a prince impression there's no there's no other thing that's like that you can immediately like if someone were to do an imitation of this style you would just be like you're doing her thing is this one because i to again to sort of peel the, the curtain back a little bit this season is made up of books that you picked and that heather also recommended i don't remember what the split is is this one that you picked or Uh, she picked me had you read this before i haven't how did you find? How did you know about that? Just because of BoJack? Um, yeah, I'd heard her name. I liked her art style. Uh, th- this was, I think, originally included in Drawn and Quarterly, which is um, a uh, quarterly uh, uh, 
arts magazine, like a graphic content magazine. It's like at the end, there is like a, is that what's the pony love? Is that what this is? Or is that like a short like this? Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it may be. Um, Maybe not. But so, yeah, like I'd seen her stuff um, a little bit and then I knew, uh, uh, you know, when you when you see her stuff, you can. Like I said, immediately recognized it as Bojack Horseman. So I knew that she was, you know, on board with that in some capacity. I will say that I have never been I haven't I haven't followed through on it yet, but I've never been as compelled. Like as soon as you like you finish the story, there's like a picture of flowers and it says other books by Lisa. And I'm just like. I want to read these right now. Like it's, yeah. It's what, never, are the, what are the names of them? Read them. My dirty, dumb eyes. Uh huh. Funny. Hot dog taste test. Yeah. Do you know, have you read any of those no. or no? No. And then she also lists favorite horses she's known. So this is one again, like I want to make sure that like we give credit to the right people. Like, you know, cause on a, there can be like the writer and the right. illustrator and the penciler yeah, yeah. and stent, whatever colors, whatever. But it seems like she did all, she wrote it. Did. Yeah. It feels, it feels like the work of an auteur. And what I, so I, I was laughing out loud because it is heavy but it's also very very funny but like this map of like don't swim there snakes just like uh-huh. little jokes i'm just like good hands already like even before this the book starts well it's good because um i i think that like i've talked about this before um books that have maps in the beginning mm-hmm. nobody f- looks at the maps you ignore the map entirely and you just cut through the book no one no one goes back to the map that's at all. mostly like a fantasy thing, it is right like a fantasy. lord of the rings yeah, game of thrones it's got like a real it's got a real dungeon dungeons and dragons feel to it yeah um but so like you you do this and you include it and and then it's like there's a payoff yeah. to actually looking at the map because a lot of this is also like i mean that's a different genre but like a lot of this is like taking the classic western tropes and like sort of a little bit turning them on their head but also like kind of leaning into it right very i think i think being very faithful yeah uh, up until the actual like actual end which i could also see like yeah. like this could if, if you if you removed the anthropomorphized animals mm-hmm. from it um this could be a fucking Coen Brothers movie, yeah, and and it would like make sense yes. almost like directly, yeah. like directly translated word for word, and like that that's the kind of like they're the directors who like she could just like are you talking about like, the end where she like walks away from the guys who are supposed to kill her? Yeah, because 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 yeah. the, the their boss is like dead, but it's but he was like kill her, and, and that, like we're supposed to kill you, but also like, like they just have a meal together, and she's just like all right, well like who I'm, cares? I'm just, like, I'm just gonna walk away, yeah. and it's fine. Yeah, it's uh, uh, good because it. Um, diffuses the tension uh, that you're expecting f- from a sort of bloody showdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it gives us this world where you don't have to end that way. You can walk away from it. Yeah. And this is like, it's a violent world, but it's also a world of pastel colors and it's a, a, a world with, of absurdist humor. And so you don't need to climax with the same way that you would climax in, in a traditional Western, even mm-hmm. though it does skew very close to, you know, the importance of a horse, yeah. the importance of like, like uh, thieving vengeance, all these things like piled on one on top of the other um, turns the, um, the like indigenous uh danger trope kind of yeah. on its head yeah um yeah it's doing all that stuff what i also love i mean there's the important information which is not very important but i just it's it's funny they're like describing who she is and who red is and like the stuff that she has with her or whatever and then the very first panel is her just on her horse just saying shit and just like all right yeah pretty good but then what i love is that immediately it's the kind of thing where just like you're talking about like, the importance of a horse just like 
Like, if you break your leg out here, we're both fucked. Like, you're definitely fucked. And I'm not going to get back to civilization without you. So, like, don't do it, bud. Like, just we're in this together. Um, it's just wonderful. Like, I just love this. Like, I don't want to. Look, we have 10 books this season. And I think I'm going to love a bunch of them. But there's a chance, just based on how much I enjoy this one, that this is my favorite one all season. Yeah. Well, I like I what I've said um my major criticism about this book is that I wish it were four to ten times as long yep. as it currently is because I read this book in 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's good. That's great for rereading because you can just go back and do it over and over and over again and just return to your favorite panels. You can you can look at the panels and, and really like in, spend time investigating them so you can go through it as, you know – Fast or slow as you want. Um, Do you have a favorite panel? Do you have like a favorite, like just while we're talking about the visuals of like rereading and just because you can, I think what's what's different about this, obviously, that you can just, you don't have to read the words. You can just like look at the pictures. Yeah. Is there a sequence or a panel that you liked in well, particular? I, I liked, um, I loved the introduction, like you said, where she says shit, but also then she's like, oh, these, the, the, those guys are following. But like you don't see the guys. There's something we're really. followed by guys. There's something really um, like interesting about not revealing those people that are, that are yeah. following. Um, but as for in, individual panels, say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. There's that one brutal one where the, where the horse actually breaks its leg. Yeah. And that's tough. And like a quickly, just like you have a little grave with a tombstone, mm-hmm. just like this was my favorite. So like, you know, she loses her horse and then she gets taken in by these people and then they're like, hey, do you want to ride one of our horses? And she gets super excited. And then just this panel of her, like, doing acrobatics on the back of a bunch of different horses is just so funny. And, like, she just she, she's a horse girl. Like, she just loves horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's wonderful. Um, I just thought that was super, super funny. Do you think Lisa Hannawalt's a, ho- a horse girl? Yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, 100%, right? <laughs> because she says, like, there's a list in here of, like, some favorite horses I've known. Uh-huh. And then it says, like, Lisa lives and rides in Los Angeles. Like, oh, she's definitely oh, a horse oh, girl. Okay, yeah. She's absolutely a horse girl. I thought that in the beginning where it's, like, some things that she wants to own. And then one of them is is the saddle just with the dildos on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> the pleasure saddle. Yeah, that's so funny. And then... Uh, you know, the fancy bridal, the fancier bridal. And they're like, oh, actually, this isn't important. Why is this here? Mm-hmm. Like, they even make that there. We are being pursued by guys. Yeah. But also, like, that foreshadows, like, this, again, the heavy themes, this is all predicated on sexual assault. That, like, it is. Yeah, ca- yeah, yeah, that yeah, feels yeah, yeah. earned and natural and also, mm-hmm. like, completely blindsides you. Well, it's do- it is doing that thing that is, like, tonally in line with BoJack Horseman where it's, like, it's, like, we're going to give you, like laugh out loud jokes Mm -hmm. right and then we're also going to like show you a reality that is no more palatable because we're talking about someone who is half coyote half dog yep um it is still it still feels bad Mm -hmm. to see this Mm -hmm. um and we're we and 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 that badness is somehow not lightened by the jokes because the absurd absurdism absurdism doesn't uh provide levity right it 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 just doesn't um what does it do i mean it's it 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 shows us hmm. because it remove it remove it allows for other things because you're like this is not our world right like this is a different yeah um does it, it might make that hit harder actually yeah, because it is like uh, feels. I don't want to say randomized, but it but it it's like 
absurdism sort of uh, is is meant to show us that the world has no distinct moral pattern and things good or bad can happen to anyone at any time because there is no plan. Um, and now, it's, it's even it's even more clear that there are no rules. Yeah, and which is like a very typical like, like uh, uh, westerns tend to be almost biblical because I mean this is like what Cormac McCarthy's entire thing is because um, like you know there's that like James Madison quote that's like uh, if if men were angels we'd need no government right and westerns largely exist in a world where there is no government. Um, and so you learn also no angels, mm-hmm. right? So, so you li- it's like this lawless world where people are not subject to any consequence other than retributive violence. Because there's never – which gets us away from this book a little bit in, in like a little Western rant. But I don't think it entirely gets us away from this book. Because like Westerns can take place – like I think a lot of the like – when people think Westerns, you think like – you know, Deadwood, 1800s, whatever, like mid 1800s, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, you can have like Neo Noir Western, like we were just talking about the other day, like Hell or High Water is a modern Western. Yeah, Red like Rock Western. Whatever, exactly. Great Nicolas Cage movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't put a year, like Lisa, she didn't put a year on this, but it feels like 18, early, maybe 19, early, early 1900s. Yeah, but possibly. also there's, you know, it's a coyote riding, I mean, it's it, it, like, it's otherworldly in a sense. Right. Like, I was just, I was just trying to put that in terms of like, the lawless in terms of the yeah. western trappings you were talking about like mm-hmm. there is there, there's never they're never in a town they're just like in like a sort of right. a settlement or yeah, whatever yeah, like yeah. just like a bunch of people live there and make do and like make their own clothes and like forage for food and whatever yeah i love that one of her like primary traits is that she like is creating clothing mm-hmm. like that's that's and like modern clothing in a way that just like yeah it's like we don't need this what are we and i love the panels that are um uh, you know, uh, separate chapters, the, the full page, um, abstract watercolors that mm-hmm. are just like, uh, single colors that, that sort of are evocative of whatever mood we're moving between. And it's like a passage of time. It's just like mm-hmm. a later on, whatever. I think it's also maybe, I wonder, I don't want to, you know, again, prejudge this season might be the only book that we get all season that uses the words pussy lips. <laughs> and that also draws like the. I love that. I, I could, do you have that panel? Can I did. Well, so it? I was, so I was thinking there, like when she, so she's got this, like these, like this bag of quartz, right. That she like sews up and it's got this like glow, like light up thing or whatever the kids love. And then hers catches on fire, becomes like singed, whatever. And so she draws cave art <laughs> and it's just a horse with a big old dick. And it's just yeah. like, this is pretty funny. And then, you know, again, like an older person comes over and she scribbles out the dick but then she goes out with, like, the town's, like, fortune teller or something, mm-hmm. right? She says, do a little medicine, I dabble in foretelling. Right, because the shaman heals her from the arrows Correct. That, that have been shot into her. And she says, will I ever find red? Will I ever find my horse? And she says, let me see. No, you'll end up owning a donkey with big purple pussy lips. And Coyote Dog Girl goes, what? No. <laughs> and then the shaman doubles down and she says, yeah, just enormous labia. <laughs> And then there's an inset panel and she says, why? Ew. Wait, you're joking. You shithead. And then the shaman goes, you're very gullible. And she says, what a weird joke. Ha ha, pussy lips. And then they move on. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Because it does feel like the kind, like you're just like, they're just riding through, like they're looking for like a thing to hunt. Like you're just like hours probably just on your yeah, horse. Yeah. Killing time. Just like. 
You're gonna ride a donkey with big pussy. It's just like yeah, what? it's like very modern sensibility. But also, that's like that. That's could that line could be in Deadwood, you mm-hmm. know. But I think like what also like what what really works is like this in a weird way that establishes a bond between these two characters Mm -hmm. and then that's when you find the story of like why she's out on her own because she feels comfortable enough with this woman to like tell her the story about like this one honest guy in her town that she trusted and that treated her well followed her home one night and then like licked her and was trying to like assault her or did assault her and then she chopped them all up yeah and then his brother was out to kill a dog girl for having killed Mm-hmm. this dog and then i like that the the woman's like uh like there, there's yeah that that there's that brutal panel where um she's like chopped his leg into like looks like pieces. sushi yeah yeah and then the shaman is just like he should have cut his dick off there was something like you know because we see like she kills this guy in her house and she just takes off in the middle of the night and then you know that's i don't know we don't know exactly how much time elapses between that and like the beginning of the book but like you know probably shortly thereafter um but when she finally, we were mentioning before, after she successfully, you know, she kills the brother and the other guy, she like convinces them not to kill her. And she goes home and her bed is just still like caked in blood of the guy who like assaulted her. Just like mm-hmm. shit. Like that's like she won. But it's also like now she can't, like home is not home anymore. And then she just rides off. And like it does feel like you were saying earlier, the start of the next thing. And yeah. There isn't a, there isn't the next thing. Yeah. I mean, it feels like this could very easily be a. a like a series. This could be one episode in a long series of, of Coyote Dog Girl adventures. I wonder if she wants to do more. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, why don't you... I, I don't I don't think that we've, like, properly gone through the plot. Can you... The plot will take, ten, like, five minutes to go through. Can you just... Can you just give us a bare bones, like, front to back of what happens in this? So Coyote Dog Girl is half coyote, half dog, and she has her trusty horse, Red, so she's like we we talked about how she is on her horse and she's we don't know why she's riding away but she's riding away from these dudes and then the horse runs off right because she gets shot with arrows falls off the horse red rides away and then she's just sort of crawling her way through the desert she gets picked up by these people who are like oh we shot you because we thought you were bad and they bring her back realize she's not bad she like ingratiates herself with these people makes them close they heal her back to life yeah. And then she the rest of the book is her trying to find her horse sort of, you know, to complete to make up for lost time in a certain way. And then when she does find her horse, her horse is with the guys who have been set out to kill her. Yeah. The brother of the man she murdered and these two other hired goons. And so she gets the horse back, but they shoot her, wing her in the shoulder, hurting her again. She throws a knife, kills the guy, the brother of the guy who she killed earlier before that we see in the flashback who asks his henchmen to kill her to hunt yes. her down and kill her and they do but when they finally do hunt her down and she's wounded enough from the gunshot mm-hmm. um they she's just like aren't you guys hungry let's like just have a meal together because i see like a deer like rustling around and she just like because we've seen her like successfully forage for food like she mm-hmm. rips a bird's head off and then she like sees a snake eat a rabbit and she like kills the snake and cooks the rabbit and the snake and the bird and then like does like a line of like ants with the like she's very good at foraging yeah so she like you know kills this deer cooks the deer feeds the people and just like we're good right and just leaves and then goes home home is on home and then leaves but with red again and it's a very like a uh 
you know, two two quick notes. Mm -hmm. One is that she seems in some ways like the the Western trope of sort of the unkillable figure um, because she's. She gets shot with arrows and shot with a bullet. Yeah, multiple times. She's yep. she's she's wounded very badly, and she continues on. Either time without modern medicine. Yeah. Um, either time without modern medicine, and and the second is that it it does function very much like a uh, like a like a television show uh, in in that it follows the very specific pattern of um, the call to adventure, and then as she mm-hmm. and then she like leaves her state of comfort and then returns back yep. to her state of comfort by the end resetting uh for the for the next adventure um so i think that that's like a very interesting natural way to conclude something that's singular because it feels like it's built for more yeah i would like to see this as you know you mentioned like it's a television but just like that's the Hero's journey, like that's the Joseph Campbell thing. That's just like the right, like you go out in the world, you come back mm-hmm. and complete the cycle. I would like to see this as a TV show. Like obviously, it would have to be animated. Like you couldn't do yeah, this. Yeah. I also wouldn't want to change the style. I want to keep it the same. We can't really do our normal. Like, who would you see to play the part? But did you did you hear her voice in anybody's tone? Because uh, I don't think I did. But now thinking about it, like as I was, as you were talking about Hero's journey, thinking about TV, I was thinking about like. Because she's the voice in BoJack, like I could see Allison Brie kind of as okay. Kylie Doggirl, but I don't know if she's a good. She's also not like a voice actor. She's just, she's a on screen actor, but also does voice work. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, it's a weird question. I don't know if it's yeah. It's hard. It's hard to think of people who are like because I am very much in favor of uh, voice actors, right? Like I think it's a real shame, like a Billy West, John DiMaggio yeah, yeah, kind of guy. It's, yeah, it's a real shame that we've moved away from. We're still those, casting. those guys yeah. in favor of like celebrities doing doing those voices because I think that it is like because they're really good. You're at not going to get another Dan Castellaneta, right? right? It's it's like he's a if we don't like hire people that are specifically like doing voices, mm-hmm. um, then then I think that'll be a talent that's lost. Yeah, because you're just going to end up with celebrities doing their own voices, and and you lose like. Um, Culturally, we'd be bereft without a Tom Kenny, right? Mm. <laughs> like he's he's given so much to the world um, as as like a voice artist slash comedian. Well, I do feel like there are like comedian, like a lot of comedians do voice work, and I feel like they're not the megastar, but like it just it does feel weird when you're like, oh, that Dolphins voice by Pete Davidson or whatever. Just oh, that's yeah. that that feels, but like it's just like because he's a star, right? Like because he's a right. You know, I feel less weird about it being like when like like I think Kristen Shaw is a good example sure. of like that's a good like voice. Well, she's great on Bob's Burgers. Yeah, yeah, and and she's you know, I don't know what I some I'm gonna I, I feel very sad for forgetting her name, but the uh, uh, woman that does Bart is it Nancy Cartwright? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she's she's. Great. Um, or the uh, who does Lisa Simpson? Julie Kavner. Julie Kavner. Um, Julie Kavner does Marge. Who does Lisa? It's the one who was on Herman's Head. I don't know what Herman's Head is. Herman's Head. Mm-mm. You would like Herman's Head. Dan Castellaneta, Julie Kavner, Nancy Cartwright, Yard- Yardley Smith. Yeah, her name. Yeah, Yardley Smith. Who was in like uh, she was in um, Legend of Billie Jean. Um, she was like an actor. Not not a voice actor necessarily before The Simpsons, but now she's like exclusively a voice actor. Who is – it's somebody that a lot of people our age have a big crush on because she was an on-screen – oh, E.G. Daly. 
who was okay. an on-screen actor in the 80s. Like she was in like Valley Girl and stuff, but she was also like five different voices on on Rugrats. Like she transitioned. Like there's, I think there's, I don't know, but I I do. It is annoying to me when like like a movie that I love that we talked about. We watched you know with our friend last year, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, I think George Clooney's good in that, but it's also like it could have been maybe better if it was. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was yeah, yeah. actually just like a, a trained voice actor, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, no, that guy's talking like George Clooney. Yeah, but I want to see this as a thing. I want to see. I, I just want more Coyote Dog Girl in whatever. Me too. Form it would be it like, yeah, this is not enough. It's not enough of it. I want more because I love, I love the western as a genre, and I love the, um, I love the western as a vehicle for psychedelia. Which this is not necessarily that, but kind of like the watercolors make it into. Like I, I love a watercolor rendition of the American West. There's something very beautiful about that to me. And I like the uh the marriage of that with this very specific kind of humor. Yeah. All of that together works so perfectly for me that I just I I want thousand more pages of this. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a compliment. Like I know that you it's it's sort of annoying that you want more to you what we don't oh, have no, more. It's but absolutely it's a, a compliment. But yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not, you know I'm not being critical of Lisa. I'm sure she would do a million more of this if she if she could do. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts about Coyote Dog Girl or should we read Egg's email? Let's read the Eggster's email. We have an email address, lottery at cageclub.me. If you want to write in about Coyote Dog Girl, any graphic novel or any book that we've read or otherwise, lottery at cageclub.me. Meg's reaction to Coyote Dog Girl. I thought Coyote Dog Girl was very cute and charming. I like the copyright was also cutesy. What was the copyright? Oh, there's like little funny jokes inside it. Like how like the Zucker brothers used to include jokes in the credits. Entire contents, copyright 2018, Lisa Hannibal, all rights reserved. No part of this book except itty bitty portions for review purposes may be reproduced in any form without written permission from Lisa Hannibal or Jordan Quarterly. And we will have no bilkers, scoundrels, varmints, bunkos, final mouth, coffee boilers, owl hoots, nor skin flints around here, neither. You know what this might be kind of like that would it would be like an interesting companion piece to it is that John Schwartzwelder did a pilot that was never picked up um, that was like a sort of meta Western done mm. in like the Bonanza style, but mm. with with like with like Schwartzwelder style. Wait, who is he? Oh, he is the uh, person that has written the single most number of Simpsons episodes. Okay. Like he's written like 87 Simpsons episodes or something like that. He And, and like... Is he still writing on the show? No, no, no. He is like prime era. Like mo, like a lot of your favorite episodes of The Simpsons would have been written by him for sure. Bart the General, Call of the Simpsons. So this is in order. Let me just actually, let me work my way. So he wrote from 1990, which is season either one or two, up to 2003. Okay, so like to season 15. Okay. Crepes of Wrath, like early ones, Itchy and Scratchy and Marge, War of the Simpsons, Homer at the Bat. Yeah. Itchy and Scratchy the movie, Krusty gets canceled, Bart gets famous, Bart gets an elephant. Yeah, these are these are like the best Simpsons episodes. And right? I'm skipping a bunch too. Radioactive Man, yeah. Home of the Smithers. Yeah, man. Wow. So 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 like so he, he did like a, a neo western. Okay. Yeah, like like a, a like absurd. You can see it on YouTube. I forget the name of it, but it's like it's like a wild western. Um, Pistol Pete. Yeah, that sounds right. This is the pilot episode. It's twenty three minutes long. Yeah. Cool. 
So, so they're like a, yeah, I, I just, for some reason, this reminded me of that because it's like this Western with very meta humor. Herman said, I also looked up with the Harley Smith and Hank Azaria. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'll check that out. Okay. Back to Eximail. The art style of image versus dialogue felt very appropriate for a Western. Like it was most, do you know what's, does Egg have a history with graphic novels? Did she write in about that on the? Um, yeah, she's, she, yeah, she's. Oh, she's, she's a nerd, right. Right. Okay. That did, I, that feels like I set her up just to say she's a nerd, but I, for, I I was genuinely asking. I was like, oh, right. No, she's one of us. Right. Okay, cool. Got it. Uh, You're not, not a nerd. Yeah, I'm not a nerd. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> she's one of me. Like, get that out of your mouth. Ooh. The art style of image versus dialogue felt very appropriate for a Western. Like, it was mostly wide open spaces with few words, mm-hmm. and the backgrounds were so vibrant. I also liked how sometimes the panels didn't have backgrounds, so the emphasis could truly be on the characters. Yeah, that's a great note. Great note. And that's something that, you know, Scott McLeod talked about in that, like, just mm-hmm. the different ways that you can tell a story and, like, cutting on different things and whatever. Like, it just is wonderful. I like the tiny details that went into the drawings of people, like Coyote's little side boob when she was taking off her shirt to go to sleep. I liked how explicitly feminine and non-sexual it was. I thought I had that same thought. I would didn't think to articulate it, but, like, it's just like, oh, this isn't, like, erotic. It's just, like, what she would do. It reminded me of Annabeth Gish. <laughs> x Like, for some reason, we have her side boob in that one. Anyway, go ahead. And I also really liked how Coyote's ears were positioned differently in almost every panel. Mm. I wish the book was longer, and I wish we could get a Coyote Dog Girl cartoon. The ending was so bittersweet, it kind of ties me in knots when I think about it too much. Like, she finished running from the physical dangers, but she's still on the run from the PTSD of that fuckhead would-be rapist. Well, okay, so so not to, um, like, I know that I was making... uh, light earlier mostly as a means of like uh being fake critical of joey but in in the show unbelievable there is a very big deal made oh so, so unbelievable is a show about uh yeah woman. let's talk about like what it's actually about so so she it's, it's a woman who is raped and then um the police uh like find ways to disbelieve her mm-hmm. but um and then the in a way that feels explicitly believable like and and, and, and yeah. like the the misogyny of of policing mm-hmm. um and then and then that's juxtaposed with um when they're when they're female detectives it's like a much more functional right. um empathetic yep. uh yep. approachable way to way to uh make victims comfortable i guess is the best word to look for but but like able to tell their stories without feeling threatened by the people that are supposed to help them be able to trust um, people in charge but but there there is a uh uh, very uh, a scene in which the the main character, like the the person who assaulted her, stole her sheets, mm-hmm. and so like she like her bed is no longer her bed, and her room is no longer her room. So she like goes out to try to replace those sheets, and because she can't replace those sheets, she has like kind of a breakdown mm-hmm. about it. So um, like there is this idea about your your place no longer being your place because of this thing that happened there. Uh, and and so it is unsettling, mm-hmm. that, and that's an unsettling ending that reminds us, in spite of all of the vibrant backgrounds and and the humor, um, it's an unsettling ending that reminds us of the actual content of the thing yeah. itself. And I will say that Unbelievable is one of the best limited series I've ever seen. I think you should watch. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's so it's, heavy. It's, it's, it's harrowing. Um, but it's so well I, done. I, I would and say, so well acted. Yeah, I would say uh, it's Tony Collette and Merritt Weaver and Caitlin Deaver is the the main. Mm-hmm. Well, she kind of like go like depending on the perspective, but like those all three of them are incredible. Yeah, and I would say uh, it's like a big, big, big trigger warning. Sure, like you sure. you don't like I 
would not pressure anyone into watching it because it might give you an aneurysm. Uh, but you know, maybe if you're if you're a uh, if you're a fella out there and you are someone who maybe has a hard time believing why someone wouldn't report something like that or like is maybe a little bit too on the side of the police and 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 that stuff then then mm-hmm. it's worth looking at that so that you can get us uh, a realistic impression of why you might be wrong about all those things yeah on Netflix. Egg says, at least that's how I interpreted it. All in all, a great novel, and I wish there were more of it. You and Egg on the line to that. Well, I mean, we're all, we're all, yeah, it's, that, right? uh, yeah. I mean, just give us more. I love Coyote. It. Also, just keep reading Coyote or anything, whatever. Just keep reading. Yeah. Um, I guess the crime of today is bow hunting a human being. Well, partner, I want to tell you what a cowboy's got to have if he's going to keep riding. First off, he's got to have a horse. Oh, a cowboy needs a horse, needs a horse, needs a horse. And a cowboy needs a hat, needs a hat, needs a hat. And he ought to have a rope, have a rope, have a rope, if he wants to keep riding. Now a cowboy needs some boots, fancy boots, fancy boots, and a set of shiny spurs, shiny spurs, shiny spurs, and he ought to have a song, have a song, have a song, if he wants to keep riding.